Welcome to the Mammoth Games cast. I'm one of your hosts, Night Swarm. With me, as always, just FilterCore today. Just FilterCore. We're back to the OG squad. Yeah. Nothing interesting to talk about today. No. And that's the show. So thank you guys for that's joining the show. us. Thanks for. Um, uh, thank you for all of your forty-five dollar donations to extend the length of the podcast. We will not be taking that advice. <laughs> I wish. Um, now uh, we have uh, we have a few cool things I think uh, for this episode. Um, before on the pre-show, if you guys don't know, over on Facebook dot com backslash mammoth games inc you can always uh catch the show live we do it there pretty much every sunday usually go live uh right around 10 10 30 um and uh we do a little bit of pre-show sometimes a little bit of post-show um as well over there uh drop that uh like you'll see all the things uh, that we talk about on the show here you'll see it there first you can chat with us on the daily so we appreciate all the likes comments and shares as well follow us For over sure. on twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. Uh, so you know we go live and do junk just like this. Um, yeah, I feel like we've gotten a little more talkative on those lately too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just just because of the I guess the way that some of the news is coming out. Yeah, and some of the things like we're not even like talking about here. Like one of the things that I found this week was um, that uh, MMO uh, Paleo. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw that that post. Okay. It's Paleo. basically like. Um, uh, like Sims and Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley with art direction from Breath of the Wild. Love that. Uh, and it's an MMO. So that's interesting. Nice. Uh, very, very limited combat. Uh, so I, I think there are some like dungeon crawly stuff, and I think they do mm-hmm. want to maybe add some combat like later on. Right, like Stardew Valley. Yeah. Right. Um, but it looks really, really well done. Uh, I, I liked nice. everything. So go over to our Facebook, check out that post. You can also sign up for the Alpha over there. Um, so if it, you have a PC, they eventually want to bring it to console. They they said they want to bring right. it to everything, but I think every development studio says that. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I can definitely see it. this on Switch for sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, we're not even talking about that today, and that's over on our Facebook. So yeah, right. Um, yeah, a lot of the really small stories that are like you know little teases. That's like okay, we don't have anything on this yet, but here it is. In fact, one of our first uh, news stories that we're not going to get into yet, but we will on the show, uh, was one of those that I think would normally just probably be just a tweet or something and not really talk about it. But uh, obviously, we're you know we're in the calm before the storm with uh, E three coming up next week. This summer. What is it? Summer Games of Fun? Uh, yeah, yeah, the Summer Games of... Yeah, what is it called? Uh, I think summer, it's summer Games, Summer Games, done right? quick and easy. Something like that. Uh, Jeff Keighley. Uh, summer Games Fest. Yeah. That's so we're going to have all kinds of news coming. Uh, we were obviously getting a bunch of leaks last week. Um, we expect that to continue, but uh, did, we did want to... I think they did some indie stuff um, already. Yep, indie. I, I imagine that we're going to be seeing a lot of people trying to get ahead of the news. I bet... So it's like the tenth, eleventh, twelfth is when they start E three stuff, right? Something like that. Yeah, those 12th. are those are the big days. Um, early on, though, they have uh, yeah, on the tenth they have like a kickoff show uh, for them. They're taking it. They're taking this all the way through July. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I can definitely see some people trying to jump ahead of the news like a couple days before. So definitely keep eyes peeled for that. Oh, on the thirteenth, uh, Back for Blood is getting its uh, a showcase. Hell yeah! Yeah, in depth look at Back for Blood nice yeah 
So yeah, let's jump into. Um, obviously, we have a separate show for all the monthly releases. Yeah, um, a, a, I guess we will call out like missed games and stuff on that occasionally. Yeah, a quick um, one is uh, over on Epic Game Store. You can grab Frostpunk right now uh, up until yeah, um, yeah. great game June tenth. For sure, for sure. I feel like we've got that somewhere else before. I was trying to pinpoint where. I couldn't remember. Yeah, I couldn't figure it out because I, I saw that I did not have it on Epic yet. I will not be playing it on Epic because I own all the DLCs on Steam already. But uh, definitely a good game. Definitely one I recommend. Uh, it's a different kind of take on a city builder. It's a different kind of take on a roguelike. Uh, if you it's, haven't figured out, it's a roguelike city builder. It's also so, it's also available on um, Game Pass. Yeah, it's on uh, Game Pass. It's it, they made a console version as well. I don't know if I would recommend that, but um, I've just, it's a PC game as far as I look at it. I for mean, sure, for sure. Some games just have that like, that level of detail. It, you know. it belongs here, uh, kind of right. thing. So, but yeah, you can go pick. In that my opinion, up. for sure. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into uh, the weekly news. I think you were leading into uh, a small. Yeah, our first story. So that's the one I teased on a little bit. Um, really small story something that we typically wouldn't announce but since we have already been talking about sony bend uh you know with the uh news of a potential um last of us one uh remaster remake i guess yeah the new engine um you know people were kind of talking about bend and how they had been pitching a days gone two that got shot down by sony so we did want to do an update on them bend is working on a new IP, um, so they kind of had this quick announcement. You know, we're beyond grateful for the support. Basically, I think this is like direct fallout from that news story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, look, uh, you know, we worked on stuff like Siphon Filter, Resistance, uh, the portable version, Uncharted portable version. Days Gone was their first big solo project, and it it kind of sadly came out to a wet fart. It uh, wasn't really my style of game. I know there's a lot of diehard fans. Um, I think I had just already had that uh, that flavor. roaming open world flavor had already been satisfied. Sure. Uh, but I know a lot of people really liked it. I remember Drake was a huge fan. Yeah, yeah, we had him on the show. kind of was surprising. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they said, you know, we're excited to announce we're working on a new IP. Um, we hope you embark on this journey with us, and we can't wait to show you what we've been working on. So that tells me it may be kind of close. Um, so... I for think, an initial tease, which kind of implies they've been working on it the whole time. <laughs> I, I do think this is where they shine. As as yeah. far as Days Gone being kind of um, a little bit of a letdown, I guess. Um, mm. I, I, I do think this is where the studio... I don't think the studio is should be a um, like a, like a remake studio. I don't think they should be someone that's helping, assisting other studios. Um, so we actually know some studios that are extremely good at that. Oh, like yeah. uh, Aspire Media, who is also working on, of course, uh, as if the rumors are true, they're working on the uh, Knights of the Old Republic full remake, which right. is really good because they did the mobile version. And, uh, you know, that's, that's their specialty. They're great at it. And so I'm glad to see that. But, yeah, Bend obviously... Their specialty is not, you know, making the multiplayer mode for somebody else. That obviously they can do their own thing. Um, I kind of see, I see Days Gone as really similar to like what we hear about Biomutant. Like this mm-hmm. is a studio that knows what they're doing. They came out the gate with an original thing, and it, it kind of flopped. And we'll have to wait and see what the long term payoff is, I guess. But it's like, you know, even if you do end up pushing out kind of a, you know not a perfect game it's like it's that was their first 
solo project. Like, of course, it's not going to be perfect, you know. For so sure. I'm I'm glad we're going to see some more. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that, that was that was my general thought. Like, I, I want to yeah. see them be able to have a little bit of creative freedom, <coughs> excuse me, um, and not run into that. I felt like they kind of ran into a little bit of a lull with Days Gone, um, mm-hmm. not at, not at release, but I think during development, I think that kind of soured things um, a little bit. But yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see what they can do. Um, it really felt like Bend Sony was like, "We're giving you a shot here." That I don't know why it felt that way to me, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, new IP. Hopefully, we'll hear about that. We'll probably hear about that within the next year or so. So we'll definitely yeah. keep uh you know keep an ear out for that one. For sure. Uh, so something that I wanted to talk about last week that we really didn't get to talk about mm-hmm. was uh you know Epic and uh yeah just uh, the Unreal Engine five just in general um they yeah. had uh, a straight up an early access um bit where they just talked about it um it was looking a lot at uh it looked like a pretty much that same setting that we saw from that uh that demo the project athea yeah project athea demo that that they were showing off which looked really really cool um this early access if you guys get the chance go check it out um it's about 16 minutes long um it pretty much just shows what this thing can do uh yeah and it's it's powerful um I think more so, it was incredibly clean. Uh, yeah, that's a big thing UI, I noticed. Right away, yeah. the UI was incredibly clean. And they just, you know, they, they had, um, like, right away, you see, like, a cave setting and, uh, like, tons of rock, like, a rock side formation. And they had, like, a small fire, someone sitting in front of it with mm. amazing dynamic lighting. Um, a really good, they had a really good, like, their image-based lighting and their... their um, uh, like dome that the world consists in was it looked really good, and they just basically popped open um, the panel that holds all of the assets, and they basically just dropped an asset in, and watched it yeah. in real time, um, basically real time just build the yeah the reflection the, reflection, uh, the, the shadow yeah yeah um, which you know in Unreal Four now when you put something in and you change literally anything move anything. Um, that's a full new build. It's a full new build. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you hear someone say, hey, this is like a new build, um, that's exactly what they mean. If, if it's like and a And they typically face, had to, if it's a big thing that, you know, high quality and everything, they, they probably had to cook it all night. Yeah, yeah. So when you get something like a hot fix and it's just changing, you know, like it might be like fixing some of the like errors or, uh, you know, within mm-hmm. the coding or optimizing something, as long as it doesn't change anything, typically visually. Um, it doesn't really need a new build because they can just pull it through on the back end. But, um, mm. yeah, this th- that was really, really cool to see right away. Um, as, the, as it goes on, they continue to show more and more about lighting. Um, and they start to, and, and just the way, like, things refract and, you know, how to pull things, you know, how, how to pull things in. Uh, one of the things that they have is uh, a bridge, which you see in a lot of... Um, a lot of these programs, like uh, a lot of the Adobe programs, they, they have the like Adobe Bridge. Um, mm. This will have a very similar thing where it has some pre-built assets that you can, you know, rescan or do whatever you need to do um, to make them look um, you know, to basically build a world 
inside of Unreal without doing anything outside of Unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a little scary because it's just giving a lot of access to things that people spend a long time learning how to do. Um, yeah. But it's also cool because it gives people the ability to do these things. Um, yeah, it's 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 just like... Um, I remember when Unity went fully free, when Uncharted 4 went free. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, uh, Unreal 4. Unreal 4. Um, it was like kind of a revolutionary moment almost where it's like we can just... Like you can just do this stuff now. Yeah, like it's not a it's not a battle. It's not like, well, I'm a student, so I have to keep my edu email alive to make sure I can get the student access or whatever. Like, it not with you this. can just tinker with the stuff at your fingertips. Yes, whenever you have the time, as long as you have a system that can run it, which we were kind of talking about ahead of the show. We're both looking at uh, PC builds and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, it, it's it, it's not like you know cheap and easy to render or anything. I mean, it's it's. Uh, pretty complicated um um requirements and everything but still yeah um what they were uh, on the live stream what they were just showing off was um loading things that you need to load so you can select there's a top down you can square off an area and say hey i just want to load just this section i'm going to focus on it i don't need to load everything outside of it that's going to make your load times a lot lot faster which is really good um on top of looking into something like that, um, you know, like like a, a better build, like we were just talking about for your computer, um, mm-hmm. which will, like, if you want to get into this early access, which it is available now, um, you have to have a pretty beefy computer. I think they said minimum 32, uh, 32 gigs of RAM, which is right. incredibly high. Um, but... Yeah, some of the other things, you know, they showed in, they showed off, um, you know, dropping in, dropping in other assets, like movable assets, like, um, like, uh, like weeds and things that would kind of blow in the wind. Um, that was pretty cool. They showed uh, the character walking, and one of the big things is you can, uh, from what I understand, uh, you can completely rig... Uh, and place your character in engine, which is not something that uh, you've been able to do previously. Um, they mm-hmm. call it the full body IK solver. Um, when you would do this uh, as like, I, I imagine that a lot of places have you know this is someone's job just to straight up they, I believe they would just call him a technical artist. Um, mm-hmm. But they would take, the character who is modeled in A-frame, and they would basically create the skeleton that goes on the inside of it. And they create handles so you can move that with various values so you can do things. So instead of moving mm-hmm. each individual finger, you can move all of them at the same time. You can put it on a 1 to 10 slider, and 1 is right. fully open, 10 is completely closed. Um, and, and you can animate that way. Well, you can put those bones inside of the character in Unreal, um, which is fucking Unreal. Like <laughs> that's yeah. uh, that's that's something that you just don't you know really don't expect. Um, and as well, uh, you know you can of course animate um, within Unreal, and that's one of the other things that they showed off. They showed off some of the um, technical graphs on how you can animate in Engine. Um, I think they were showing off a mantle, uh, showing how a character can mantle over an object. Um, yeah, and the blueprint is uh, so smart that it can tell the height of the obstacle. 
you basically drop in um, like a handle saying, hey, if the character is jumping over it, this item is this high. And it's this long. And this long. As well. Yeah. yeah. And your character does the motion, whatever the animation may be, putting the hand down and kicking the feet up to like jump over something. Um, mm-hmm. And and if, if it has to compensate, you might have to you know mess with a few things depending on how the mantle looks. Um, but yeah, uh, really really cool um, on that front. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty high level stuff. Um, it's basically what they're really trying to do. It seems like with this one, like it is a technical leap. You know, like it, it's a big advancement over Unreal Four. Mm-hmm. But I think the real. Um, concept on this is kind of the similar concept that's going on with all uh, software packages right now and everything. They're trying to universalize it. You can do everything that you need on an un, uh, on a Unreal project just in Unreal 5. Yeah. You don't need to go load up nine other programs. You don't need to have your various uh, you know, you don't have to have a separate program for animating, rigging, texturing you know i guess you do with texturing but you know a lot of the stuff they're trying to bring it fully in yeah yeah they're trying to bridge pretty much everything um one of the last things that they showed off was this uh kind of like golem character um Mm, love that really really cool um big fan made of basically uh just regular assets he's this character is not made of um it's not a character that they built outside and brought it in engine. They took the assets right. in engine and placed them together, created uh, the IK control system, the rig for the for the animation, and then they mm-hmm. were able to animate from there. All of this is just available really interesting. right there yeah. in Unreal 5. So um, they were showing this running on, and, um, I think it was PS5 and uh, Series X, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's crazy to think that we're gonna probably get a whole new generation of people who are into you know animating or rigging or you know just game design in general with access to this right at their fingertips. Um, yeah. So really cool stuff. Like I said, go check out that. Uh, go check out that um, early access uh, trailer. Demo. If your computer can, you know knock something out like that and you want to just even play around take some of the pre-built assets and drop it into a level and then just walk around in it you can um so uh if you are getting in on that early access it 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 will be buggy uh there will be a learning curve uh, especially when looking at things like your yeah. um you know lo- looking at like your uh, blueprints um oh yeah they added the meta sound too just a ton of different sounds that you mm. can just mix that are just inherently in it's crazy it's it's crazy um go check it out it's huge um it's a it's a generational shift for sure yeah it's like hey you have unreal 4 unreal 4 is great it still has a very steep learning curve um yeah this is the exact same thing except it's a lot more user-friendly comes with a lot more bells and whistles that you can play with right out of the gate you don't have to worry about creating stuff and importing it and having 14 other programs to run it you will probably find as you get a bit more advanced that you will need other programs um Mm -hmm. of course but this is a great place to start um if that is an interest of yours yeah all right um do we miss anything? I don't think we missed anything. I think that was pretty much everything. 
So this is uh, cool. we got a, another. We love to talk about the lawsuits. We do. You know me. Mm-hmm. So this one's wild. I didn't really fully look into this until we were getting ready for the show today, and I just I cannot believe what I'm hearing on this. Yeah. So I I, I found this one. Um, it was like yesterday or the day before. Um, basically, uh, an artist has a lawsuit with Capcom. Um, saying that they stole her, um, their intellectual property, her copyright, um, mm-hmm. and uh, basically using her artwork without credit uh, and without a license. Um, so yeah. it gets dicey and spicy up in this one. Using, she's saying that they've used them in Resident Evil, Devil May Cry, maybe even various other Capcom games. Um, typically, so like the. Uh... I guess the the quick story of this is basically that this photographer had made a book in like 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, surfaces is what it's called. It is 1,200 photographs of textures, and it's like you know sheets of glass with like dust and very you know, light reflecting off of it. Um, yeah, like you know things in the environment, like you know sculptures and like old stone and like masonry all kinds of shit and um wait hold on is her last name jurassic is it judy jurassic jurassic yeah it's the polish spelling i guess that's fucking rad that's that's a pretty cool awesome name why wasn't she just like the lead singer of a band so um it is intended to be used as like visual research for artists architects and designers according to the book's description Mm -hmm. um however Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a difference between having a reference image that you're basing things on. And unfortunately, what's being uh, alleged in this lawsuit is that Capcom literally took exact pieces and used them in games and stuff. So, and, yeah. I mean, it, it's one thing to say alleged, but, I mean, for for one texture, in, uh, it's like a bronze something, it looks like. Well, that's actually, um, I think, shattered glass. It's zoomed in. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the ME009 one. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It literally has the same name. So, like, she titled it in her own work. Yeah, uh, if you... It, ME009 on the files. Yeah, it, it came it came on that disc. If you looked right. on that disc, it would say ME009. It's, it's used in Resident Evil 4 as, like, a code... Like, a switch or something. And it's... Literally titled ME009. They, yeah, they... They didn't change the title. So, so like, when I say alleged, I mean they did it. So, we do see stuff like this a lot. Um, right. I, I would say um, they will amass their resources, and they'll attach that stuff. They'll even put it in game and attach mm-hmm. it. And I wonder if something like this is happening, and, you know, the, the information leak, um, like, maybe it doesn't show up in game like this. But they'll attach these things and say, hey, we want it to look like this. Our artists are making that, and then we're going to overwrite what they make mm-hmm. with the, you know, the, this basically placeholder image. Right. Could be. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. They could have completely remade this uh, before Yeah, Final these are Breach. not found in game files. These were found in the big data breach. Right. And you would not want 
to change the name of a file. So if they did import that photo and they're like, they just kept it, they didn't rename it, just ME009, and they attach it, here's the placeholder, the new artist creates, you know, whatever it needs to be to overwrite that, mm-hmm. they wouldn't change that name file because it, it would detach from everything. Right. Um, so, theoretically, this could be, uh, you know, just... It, it, Capcom does have the ability to go, oh no, our artists did redo this. Here's all the files that they redid. We use that name because we couldn't change the name after putting it in. Uh, it could have been, you know, if, if they can prove that an artist did remake this, I think I think her entire lawsuit will be, it'll be done. But some of well, it is it's hard. still pretty. I mean, it's still pretty egregious. It is. Uh, she's going to get something. I, I think there's going to be a full wrap up um you know somebody at, in court's gonna say okay obviously they did steal um but it is for reference know. and That's they're true. not technically using it for commercial use they're just using it for reference and if they internal uh, development right and then yeah. you know when it does come down to it hey let's remake that whatever that may be let's remake that um, even as something yeah. as simple as the Resident Evil 4 logo has like shattered glass on it and she lined it up perfect it is it's exactly what it is yeah if they remade it I do not think that her case is as strong as it is but if well, she if can either prove way it's, if she can prove yes yeah, at the very least they would need to I would say that they would have to go back and update her as a special thanks and everything oh for sure for sure but what's this also adds on to I don't know if we really talked about this but um, in this lawsuit uh, the defendant also noticed that Capcom was recently accused of copying a Dutch filmmaker uh, Richard Raffhorst, uh his monster designs for Resident Evil Village in which even in that uh, some of those are pretty blatant which it's like okay Multiple people can have a good, interesting monster idea or sure. whatever. You know, it's not, it's not unlikely or even difficult to have a couple people come to the same conclusion on this would be spooky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, some of that stuff is pretty blatant even. Um, so it's like, I don't know, like, are, is it just turning out that Capcom has just, like, stolen all their good just ideas, ripped, basically? Ripped them off. <laughs> like, I, it's possible. It, it is. Yeah, it's very possible. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't think... But it, that one is... Like, we do, as as artists, you're always taking inspiration from something else. Oh, everything's based on something. It's yeah. always based on something. That per- yep. So uh, they call him, um, I think, Propellerhead? From uh, mm-hmm. whatever that guy's name is that created Frankenstein's army. Uh, Richard yep. Rapport? Um, Raffhorst? Raffhorst, yeah. Something like um, that. Double A at the beginning there. Um, Dutch is a bit difficult. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and th- that is very likely based on something else. Um, you know, so... Well, also, it, yeah, not to spoil, I guess, but it's like, it's a design that you could come to. Right. You know, it's not like the craziest thing I've ever seen in the universe or anything. Yeah, it's straight up legs, a lower torso... An engine block, like not even an engine block. It is like and a big a, dick, a, a massive dick. Um, yeah. But it's you can't see it, but it's there. Yeah, it, it's like the, it's like one of the engines on like a, like a small like four seater plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, just plopped right in the middle of that torso. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't think that he has as much, because he doesn't own putting a propeller engine, or, you know, propeller and yeah, engine Adding airline parts onto a humanoid figure, yeah. Right. Th- that's, n- like, 90%. I'm happy to say that what, nobody owns that. <laughs> it's 90% of what character artists do. They go, you know be really weird? What if there was a fucking thing on this guy? Yeah. What if there was a yeah. thing on this guy? That's almost a hundred percent. Like, what if he didn't have arms, <laughs> word for word, but he had tentacles? Like, yeah. It's it, it is just what they do. So, um, but he did have a bunch of. I think he had a bunch of uh, Frankenstein's. There was a lot was of a lot other of characters that looked very similarly. Uh, that were very similarly depicted. I think. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, he should be happy because I think this is making people look up Frankenstein's army. I'm about to buy that movie on fucking 4K over here. Looks, it looks fun. Um, it actually I'm looks like it. a fun movie. It does. Um, so I'll, I'll probably check that out like this coming up week, yeah. which I had. But it's the same thing. Before. That's like you know, th- this kind of stuff is difficult. Um, it's difficult for a good reason, right? Because you don't want to just say, okay, nobody can ever reference a guy with a thing on his head because Silent Hill had pyramid head. You know what I right, mean? right. You don't want to say like, okay, you can never reference a uh, chainsaw because of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They they own the rights to the word chainsaw. Like that would be bad. Right. Um, we obviously don't want that. But you do want to protect the artist. The artist is pretty much always the little guy in this situation. Mm-hmm. These two, in particular, the the Dutch director, which he does, you know, his his budgets are low. He is not making you know Hollywood uh, uh, major summer blockbuster motion pictures or anything. This photographer, you know, it, you kind of, I think, naturally want to be on the side of the little guy in these. For and sure. And in, the, in this case, like, the the uh, photographer in specific, like, the, it's so egregious. It, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's very blatant. You can see she said yeah. um, uh, her, her lawyers are asking the court to award her $12 million in damages for copyright infringement um asking yeah they're, they're obviously asking for more than they can yeah. realistically get and, but still and uh they're saying you know for each photograph used between 2500 and 25,000 um so yeah. quite a lot um you gotta ask for more than you're gonna but you know. yeah you, you do and and she will get some of this for sure there's no question. Yeah, I think mind. this is one where they they're gonna be forced to settle pretty much because yeah, it's I, just so blatant the the same name really fucking hit me like a brick i i would i would i mean i would really like to see capcom go you know what you know we did use it fuck it i'm not i'm not going to court for this like no no i I would i mean i would like them to say like hey we really liked your art and we used it as inspiration i would like to hear them you know say we did remake all of this but we'll definitely give you the compensation that you deserve that's what i'm saying or like there's a lot of stuff where you know they'll the company will come back and be like oh well you should be flattered that we even looked at your stupid fucking uh, Frankenstein monster so yeah. uh, you know eat my ass basically and it's like you know I, that's why I'm saying like the very absolute bottom of the rung regardless of what happens with this if they have a settlement I don't really give a shit they need to have her in the credits on all these games yeah um, like they need to go dig up okay who used all these I don't even think so far as to like get an employee in trouble. Because no. I, I think it's good work that was made. It's just like... Well, this is good Go dig up. Too. Okay, what did what did we ever put any of the shit on anything? And just, just throw her name in there. In it. Uh, At the very least... Um, I mean, you could spin this, I guess, in a way that like she could become a, a texture referencer for, 
Ubisoft or something. That's what I would try to do. Yeah, no, she she could Fuck straight it. up get a job from this. Um, I mean, yeah. they're using a lot of um, yeah, yeah. If she uh can transition into just being from a standard photographer into a texture photographer, which is massive. That's sort of what she did with this book. She I mean. accidentally did it in 1996 yeah. before the technology she invented was it. there. Um, yeah, like make that a career. Uh, and, and, yeah. and go forward with that because it's. It's fast. Also, if it's she's faster. putting out a twelve hundred page book in nineteen ninety six, she's she's doing fine. Yeah, she's doing. But quite uh, well. <laughs> it is interesting. It is. Um, but you know, I, I can't wait to see what the you know what what the outcome of this yeah. is. You know, some of these things they used it in several several places. The the exact right. same thing, especially if you look through. Um, we're looking at a Polygon article uh, with. Um, basically the entire uh case file that that was made public there's this picture of like a goat or a ram's head with filigree around it they cut Mm -hmm. that goat's head off several times they put it on keys they took the filigree and they put it on on doors they put it on doors yeah book um everywhere and, and a lot of it they did redo like you can see the texture from resident evil 4 um where they have the exact same head, they've modified yeah. the horns. Um, and that's one of the first things that you learn as an artist. You don't go, you know what, I have this great idea for a propeller head monster. You might draw that, but you're not going to make mm-hmm. that in 3D. Uh, the, your first thing is going yeah. to be, I have this Game Boy cartridge, and I'm going to try to make that in 3D. It's a box. That's going to be one of the first things. That, that was one of the first big things that I tried to make solo. Mm-hmm. Um it's always going to be something something simple like that, and see like how like how detailed you can make it. Um, so, yeah. you know, and, and and for game development, it's a long process. So if you can get something like that and go, hey, here's your reference, make that. We'll put that. It'll look beautiful right here. There you go. Knock some knock out two three pieces in uh, you know a couple days. Yeah, or we can make game development time, like, we can quadruple it, yep. and then everything can be a custom asset. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that takes the longest. So Cyberpunk could take uh, 40 years Four. instead of just 12 or whatever. Yeah, by the time you play the game, it'll be... Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be straight up. The game will be a historical <laughs> artifact. It'll be straight up. You'll be playing it in 2077. We'll be... <laughs> so... Uh, but yeah, th- this one's interesting. I, I'm, like we said, we're interested to see where this ends up going. Um, For sure. And you know, if something crazy happens, I think we'll talk about this again. But I think it'll probably be something we just share, like on one of our yeah. social medias. Like, hey, look, she got her like she got her settlement, or yep. they did this, or they did that, which um, which would be cool. And uh, speaking of uh, game companies, that was a bad transition. Not, not uh, Dark Horse Comics is starting a gaming and digital entertainment division, uh, Dark Horse Games. We should have called her so, the Dark Horse. The Dark Horse of the video game photography. Yeah, we should have uh, said that industry. she was the Dark Horse in this lawsuit. Speaking Shit. of Dark Horse, that I, would be a good that one. would have been a good one. Here, well, we'll fix it in post. It was only, it was a small donation of only $400 <laughs> a month. You can correct that for me. So, uh, so yeah, they have two main offices. Um, in or, one in Oregon, I imagine Portland area and Shanghai, uh, Dark Horse Games will create games through licensing partnerships with external game developers as well as its own in-house first-party property. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the company will start bringing some of its 425 story-driven characters and universes to video games, says the Dark Horse Games general manager, Johnny Lee, who I looked into a little bit ahead of this. Uh, he's got a kind of got a cool background. He was like a big um, like purchasing and sales manager with uh, like he he worked on like business development projects and stuff within Dark Horse. Uh, he's done his own stuff previously, so um, probably smart guy to put in charge. Um, they kind of break down some of the particular um, licenses that Dark Horse has. The big ones are like Hellboy. They have a lot of Frank Miller projects. Umbrella Academy, obviously. Anything that's been turned into a Netflix show is probably a, a winner in that case. Yes, I um, you, Jimbo. They look at, yep, they're looking at all consoles and cloud. Um, the right game development partner for top IPs, they said. And then they kind of just go down and break it down and talk about it a little more. They've got a really close relationship for a long time with EA, with Blizzard, um, I think several other game companies. They've worked with Deep Silver on a lot of comic adaptations. I, they have the relationships ready to roll. I, I do think that they can get in um, with uh, some of that. I know they're in turmoil, WB, but I, I know yeah. a lot of their properties are. You know, they go to the little guys, um, yeah. and 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 they get a shot to make that. And not saying these guys are little guys, but it does give them. They're a really the new good, kid on the block. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, you know, they could go. You know, we could see them doing a Batman game. Totally possible. That'd be huge. Um, uh, Ninja Turtles with Nickelodeon is the same way. You know, they they ship them around all the time. We could see these guys doing yeah. a Ninja Turtle game in in the future. Um, and that that would be cool because that's like I said before the show how I was introduced to Yosagi Yojimbo. So yeah, yeah, a lot of cool stuff um, here. I I think uh, I think um, Umbrella Academy would be uh, they could make a really cool game out of Umbrella. You could Academy. make some weird stuff with that. Yeah. I could see like maybe a tactical like action RPG. Yeah, um, they could even do. I mean, they they could probably do a really sick turn based. Um, well, that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what we were talking about ahead of time, ahead of the show here, where it's like, you know, I think this the key to success here is like, don't try to make Darksiders, but with Hellboy. Right. Like I actually do do that. It's well, a good idea. I mean, but, Genesis, maybe. Um, you know, it, like, don't think you're going to come out of the gate and have the world's biggest, you know, XYZ, whatever. Like, I think the key here would be to um, kind of make something weird. Like, yeah, test the waters. Use, yeah, test the waters. Uh, I forget what the exact example was I said, but like, make like a, a visual novel of yeah, Umbrella Academy would be a good example there. Sure. Like you know, just make weird stuff, experiment, have fun, and uh, I think those are going to be where the success is because you can make a much more small, medium sized project, and you can get away with that with a relatively new team by having. I mean, this is what we talk about with games all the time: reduce the scope. Yeah. Not every single Ubisoft game has to have 700 million hours of gameplay, you know? <laughs> actually... Like, I, I really want to see these games start shrinking up a little bit. Yeah, actually, I think you'll find that your player base would be a lot more impressed with uh, a, a, a lot more focused and, uh, you know, half the size game. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I, I think... I do think you'll find a lot more success in that. You'll get people talking about it, like, hey, you know, I played this game over the weekend... Um, and I'm almost done with it, and it's super sick. Uh, and it's not Assassin's Creed, <laughs> like you know. And, it, yeah, part of my part of my thing is like I think that 
like, uh, sorry to just shit on Assassin's Creed here, but no, I think they it. would be so much more successful if they were able to um, make smaller experiences mm-hmm. that a little less going on and just really focus in on the shit they're doing well. Yeah, so right? so I would say, you know, set up like a, like a three to five year production like you would have mm-hmm. typically have seen back in the day from someone like uh, Bethesda. And right. uh, in between, uh, because I know, we know how Ubisoft kind of works internally where they don't, you know, hey, your project's done, you're fired. You kind of go into limbo yeah. and start working on other things. They should do like Assassin's Creed stories. You know, make 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 a cool game. Um, well, that's that's part of my you know? th- that's part of my pitch here too. Is that with that reduction in scope, you can turn things into more of a live supported experience. Because I know you know the Assassin's Creed again, perfect example. They drop Assassin's Creed for sixty seventy bucks, and you might buy the hundred dollar edition that has all the you know season content yeah, attached. Sure. They drop two or three DLCs that are in completely separate new areas. Mm-hmm. And there's not really any changes to the core game unless they do some basic uh, you know, bug fixes and maybe some small story add-ons or whatever. But that's pretty much it, yeah. right? They, they don't go, they don't have this continual kind of um, additive grind, right? So what the game is when it comes out is what the game is basically. Yeah, no. and they could do a lot more with that. And I know Ubisoft is looking at getting into live service stuff. Um, and you know, maybe we're uh, ahead of the curve here. And maybe they're going to say, uh, "Oh yeah, moron! If you would have waited 15 minutes, we would have said like, <laughs> and therefore we're doing what you just said." Like it's entirely possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it would. But um, it would be it would be really cool to have. That's the way to go, I think. Yeah, have a have a side story that comes up more frequently. So you know, yeah. have like maybe one, maybe two come out a year that's following one guy that's sitting down going into the animus and he's living out these different small three to five hour experiences yeah, yeah. and then you know put put out your bigger game every you know whatever every th- three years every five years yeah have a have a a core team that's doing fun cool shit and then have you know you farm out the stuff to i think to the smaller developers or farm out to a big developer, have EA co-publish a game with you, work with uh, Deep Silver or something. Sure. And in the meantime, your core team is developing their talent, making this cool little stuff that you might not think of off the top of your head. That's a good place for juniors as well. Get new, yeah. fresh faces in the company, getting, you know... Build talent. Build talent. Um, exactly. Yeah, that, that I, I think that's a good idea. And hopefully they're looking in a direction like that to move forward. So, you know, we... You never know. You know, we, we get into the, um, you know, approaching mid-June, things start to get crazy. Um, things yeah. are about to start getting crazy. Uh, we're already seeing leaks, like, Johnny not on the show today. He's already sent, <laughs> sent us, like, leaks and stuff. We usually don't dive too much into, um, yeah. you know, leaks like that, but um, you, you never know. But there's some crazy shit going on, dude. Yeah, ho- hopefully... Hopefully they have their eye on uh, the future. The future being, you know, building talent and delivering things that people want. Uh, and I don't think people want a seventy-hour, hundred-dollar game um, right. every year <laughs> anymore. Right. So, I don't know. so speaking of uh, building on uh, long-lasting content and building up your core team here, that's how you do a transition. 
fucking No Man's Sky has another big free update. Uh, Prisms. This game, from what I hear, this game is just built like it's quietly and stealthily built into just like an amazing experience. I mean, yeah, everybody was kind of dogging on it when it first came out. Fairly, I think. Sure. Um, you, you know, I was. I kind of had the same thing. I had flawed. I, I, a lot of people had flawed expectations, and that was a lot of it was down to the marketing, mm-hmm. um, which was it just could have done better in basically every way. The marketing was dog shit. But if you did yeah. dig in a little bit and you saw, you know, and you could figure out, you know, you, you could see what this game really was. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think that there was any way that you could have had different expectations. I was, I went into this thing like pretty much like, okay, I see. You know, it was. They said it was all procedural. There was no way that we could I, that I could misconstrue what that means. That means right. it runs through and picks random shit, and it randomizes right. a planet. That's what that means. That's what procedural means. That's what procedural yeah. means, right? Um, <laughs> You've described procedural, but they shit on it so hard. But these guys are still working as hard as they can to make such a cool experience. And it, I think yeah. I think so, it's brown. Very, um, very the main. The main thing of Prisms apparently is like some major graphical updates. Um, it's adding, obviously, there's a lot of new types of aliens that can be chosen from. There's rideable creatures. Yeah, mounts. Um, I saw Love that. biomes. Uh, and and uh, new types of biome. Yeah. Yeah, and um, um, kind of like cave, like basically cave biomes is one of the things that they were kind of showing off. Yeah, that's like the real, I think that's that's the real key on No Man's Sky is that basically, you know, as we, I guess maybe not everybody knows, but the core concept, yeah, everything is procedural. So it has a deck of cards basically that it can choose from mm-hmm. when it's creating anything, when it's creating a plant, when it's creating a rock formation, when it's creating a creature. Yeah, roll a d20, you know, with, kind of. Yeah, with so with creatures, for example, it's like, okay, so we got, it's going to be long, so it's going to have a really long body, it's going to have stubby limbs, it's going to have a huge dick. And it is not rideable. Giant so build fucking that, right? falcon wings. And yeah, this, <laughs> the secret as they continue to work on it and to make this procedural stuff interesting is just keep adding new little things to the mix, sure. right? Like, okay, now it can have tentacles. Well, well, what kind of tentacles? It can have locomotive tentacles. It could have feeding tentacles. It could have, I think uh, one, you know, clutching tentacles. I think one of the things that they really, really focused on was um, uh, k- kind of narrowing it down. So instead of it being this wide scope, hey, we have, um, you know, we have uh, 700 options here. And it could pick mm-hmm. option one, it can pick option 648, and option 246, and it just mashes them together. I think they gated that. If it picks option, like, three, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. This is what can be attached to option three. Yeah, like the body. So like, it Important. chooses body type first, maybe. Important. And then it chooses, okay, that limits what kind of limbs it can have because it has to be able to have a functional spine or whatever i think that could have um, helped them uh right at launch if they would have if yeah. they would have noticed that well a big thing too is that when you talk about randomness so when generally when people talk about quote unquote something being random uh they're not defining random properly which sure. is just normal it's just how the human brain works um but when you are really talking about randomness like if you can randomly select one of any 3,000 features and put them together in whatever order you like, in reality, they're, they're going to end up kind of being similar because you see clustering and you see uh, random repetition and things like that. Mm-hmm. So 
I remember a lot of people were complaining, like, okay, I went to a planet, there were these weird brontosauruses, they were cool as fuck. I went to a completely different planet in a different galaxy, and there was something that was pretty close. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so you might find on Earth, which we sort of know that evolution was somewhat random to a certain extent, whatever, uh, a lot of different things developed eyeballs in different ways. Things that are not really related to each other. The, our most recent common ancestor did not have eyes, right? So, like, there's something to that. It, it's that eyes are really useful and that they're extremely advantageous to have or whatever. But the reason that eyes are similar is because they do the same thing. So, like, when you're developing a creature that needs to walk around on a planet, it needs to have some kind of limbs that let it move. It needs to have a spine. It probably needs to breathe something. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, there's a lot of randomness, but there's also a lot of structure. Yeah. So they're they're trying to address that. I think it would be selective, um, is is what you would call right, that. Right. Exactly. Games. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's a uh, it's like a uh, it's predisposed to do certain things. Yeah. Right. Um, there's another word that I can't think of for some reason, but uh, so yeah, it, they've done a really good job of continuing that. They're they're adding new diversifiers while also making sure that everything still makes sense. I um, I do have. I really this. want to dive in again. Me too. Um, I do have this downloaded on PS5 uh, because okay, uh, I'm interested in that. Brian and I PS5 were talking texture about it. update. Yeah, Brian and I were talking about it. I think he has it installed, and if he doesn't, I'll be like, "Hey, dude, install it." Um, that could be cool. Yeah, I, I think we should we should definitely play that. All right. All right. So speaking of that, could be cool. Yeah, this one I I, I was reading because there was another leak talking about a possible like uh, Marvel game uh, video game. That was coming mm. up. And I was like, oh, is this it? Did they talk about it? No, they did not. But... Something else completely. Still really, really cool. Marvel uh, talking about uh, the multiverse tabletop role-playing game coming out in 2022. Yeah. So, That's exciting. Um, uh, yeah, did they get any more specific? No. So, just so yeah. spring of 2022, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, uh, you know, it's a um, just a tabletop game, you know, much like... D&D they're trying to make it uh, accessible to people mm. they said that it is you know they, they what I saw here is they said they'll be introducing um, let's see what did they uh, Marvel multiverse role-playing game playtest rulebook will introduce players to an all-new d616 system um, little uh, pun on the number of earths there yeah uh, accessible and easy to uh, learn system for newcomers uh, to tabletop RPGs and you know all, all of that um, but this is exciting just because we've seen a lot of different like variants to the hero mm -hmm. tabletop game um, Yeah, my, my first throw into that and possibly one of my first throws into tabletop in general was Mutants and Masterminds which was mm -hmm. just people wanting to make like Marvel and DC Universe, uh, you know, into into a tabletop game, um, and then after that, what we got, City of Mist. Uh, and yeah, there there's stuff like others. masks. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. But this one literally throws in, you know, those familiar characters: the Spider-Man, Black Panther, Captain America, Thor, Wolverine. Um, yeah, yeah, and specifically uh, something that can be really hard to do uh, in you know, tabletop game, any kind of game, really, any kind of movie, um, it has built-in villains. So you don't need to be like, you know, we're playing, uh, 
you know, mutants and masterminds, and you guys are facing against Lord Evilo, and he's a bad guy for because he's mean. So, like, it has the built-in, like, character knowledge, like, oh, I know that Doctor Doom is trying to do X, Y, and Z for a reason, and I know that, you know, you have so much shit that's just built in that you can work with that makes it a lot easier to tell an engaging story. Yeah, yeah. So, this is going to be cool. Uh, you, What's going to be, I think, probably the coolest thing is the homebrew for this is going to explode. Yeah. Immediately. You're going to... Yep. Uh, people it's going to be 9 million characters. People saw that they were making this, and they were like, uh, okay, well, I've already started on this. <laughs> um, yep. So when this comes out, yeah, you're going to see, uh, hopefully, ev- like every v- possible like villain and hero and uh, you know scenario already wrote up. So the accessibility for this, I think, is probably the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more. I think this one's going to be fun. I'm honestly shocked that uh, Disney's so slow moving into this kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I mean they. I don't know. I, I don't think they have their pulse on something like. Especially well, they're they're very, like they're very cowardly with a lot of. Um, they are cautious. Stuff like this. Um, they're they're very uh, so like, the whole like failure of Disney Infinity, like really just horrified them for some reason. And it's like, yeah, yeah. It, they they completely backed out of video games. They handed out licenses, How did like that 10, fail? 15 year licenses to be. It, I mean, did it fail? I don't think <laughs> like, it did. It just wasn't making as much profit as they were expecting, basically. Right. Which I, that is a failure to an entertainment company, but like to what extent, like. It, yeah, they were very. Uh, I mean, they're so cautious on this kind of stuff because they expect to make a Star Wars movie for three hundred million and send it to the theater and make one point five billion. Yeah, they do not want to fuck around with numbers, so it, they they are just very cautious with that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Uh, I'm I, not really surprised to see it, but I'd like to see how they like how they lost on that though. Yeah, I, I feel I like agree. the margin margin couldn't have been much if they did no. lose at all. Yeah, I, I'm I'm 100 positive they made a profit they, on it. It just wasn't enough. Right, right. Um, I, I there were some interesting stories because the way that they fired their developers, those people just immediately started squealing on what was going uh-huh. on in the company, which is pretty funny. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hopefully I can look into that because that, that is really <laughs> interesting. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think it's a good idea. I do want to see. Like, I understand that there is already a Star Wars role playing game. Don't fucking complain to me about that. I'm playing it right now, literally, with people on uh, Saturdays. But um, I would love to see, like, an official, you know, LucasArts. Uh, I, I take the license away from fucking... Um, yeah. Uh, no, from... Uh, well, yeah, definitely take <laughs> away from EA. Jesus. Not what I'm talking but, about, uh, yes. The guys at Fantasy Flight Games, I really did not like their uh, version of the Star Wars role-playing game. That was just a complete cash grab. It was really gross. Um... But, yeah, I, I could see them... I mean, think about all the fucking properties Disney owns that they could do this for. Right. I mean, it's un, it's unbelievable. Yeah. and Bring I, back Toontown. For real. That'd be cool. Man, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for this. I could see us probably playing this one in the future. Yeah, um, I'm interested in this for sure. I do like... I mean, there there is always the thing, too, that's like, I like the indie stuff. I like the, the small crew doing their own thing type of thing. Sure. But... You know, getting the I mean, big dick ones. It's, it's hard to too. beat. It's hard to beat when the big dick falls out on the table. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love to grab that thing. <laughs> uh, I just got the Dune uh, RPG delivered. 
excited to not understand anything about that for the rest of my life. Yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be fun to not hear anything about that. For sure. All right. So, um, I'm not too sure on the, the the title that you had wrote here in comparison to just it being Deep Silver. Uh, but Yeah. So, Deep Silver has announced the stuff that will not be appearing at E3, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, they said, uh, you know, Coke Media HQ wants to make an announcement as part of Summer Games Fest on June 11th. Just so you know, it is not Dead Island, Saints Row, Metro, or Time Splitters, or at any other E3 event. We'll let you know when we have more news for that. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yes, there's an announcement. No, it's not any of these things. Don't fucking bother us about it. They're, and, and, and they're like, what the fuck else do we care about? <laughs> there's literally nothing else we care about. So you're telling us no. pretty much don't watch your show. Okay, so don't watch. I'm well, cool with that. You don't, you don't know if you care about it yet. That's true. It could be something you know? completely cool. Could be something cool. Surprise. Only one way to find out. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Deep Silver's had a string of fuck ups, so yeah. I'm kind of interested. Well, or really, the whole Coke Media brand, uh, the whole THQ Nordic brand, has had kind of some whoopsie daisies here and there. So. Well, I mean, that's the whole point. I think of their. That's the whole premise of their thing. Well, that's right? their whole market, right? Yeah. Let, <laughs> yeah. Just start, see what knock, sticks. Make a million things and see what sticks. Exactly. Like the Games Workshop model. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. And then uh, something else we were talking about before the show. Finally, some good fucking news at the end here. Yeah. So Final Fantasy VII, um, the remake, uh, will have the save transfer included in the new update, so you can transfer your save data from PS4. Well, in fact, Five. that that uh, that update's already out. Oh, okay. And that's so. Uh, and, and yeah. When did that come out? I feel I was gonna say like, did that come out? Just a couple days ago, I remember my system was like, oh. "Hey, I've got an update for it." I was like, "What the fuck?" Okay, I deleted. I deleted it a long time ago, but yeah, that's coward. That's good. Um, I, I was one and done. There was a few areas in in the seven remake that just weren't for me. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a few areas for sure. It, and then sometimes I see it. And I'm like, man, I should get back into that. Should I want to play that? Looks really good. I'm getting ready to. I'm. I'm gonna be very excited to go through again with this DLC. Yeah, I think that's the thing that's not not drawing me is I'm just not not excited for the DLC. I don't know why. Coward. Maybe I will be. Maybe I. Maybe I'll find myself excited for it after I. Uh, so yeah, that kind of that announcement. Or, well, the news story about the patch that already happened um, was kind of. Uh, like that led us into a conversation talking about some of these. So, you know, I, I've been into uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon mm-hmm. on uh, PlayStation consoles. Um, they gave me the free HD texture upgrade to PS5 and everything, right? So I downloaded that and I go to play it and it's like, new game. I was like, no. You're like, what? <laughs> uh, no, not a new game. No, I already had this, actually. You'll find. Um, <laughs> you will find. And it, they just, they have straight out. Just come out and said like, we are not able to make a a safe transfer for this because the two versions are too different, right? Because they were able to just add so much more on the PS5 version, the new consoles version, and it's like, bro, I have like twenty hours in my PS4 safe. I'm not redoing that. Yeah. And there's like some sketchy shit you can try to do online, but I'm not. I'm not transferring shit from my computer to my PlayStation. It's just not happening. Yeah. It's a so long walk. that was super disappointing. So like, and also now the way that it structures the game. So like the DLC is based on the newest version you have. 
So even though I'm playing on my PS4, the PS4 version I'm playing on my PS5, I use the PS5 version of the DLC packs. So it's really fucking weird. So I can't go delete my PS5 version now because it'll fuck up its version information on all my DLCs. Which, of course, if you have DLC on a save, you can't take that away, right? It'll fuck up your save. So I'm literally in a situation where I'm fucked if I do and I'm fucked if I don't. So You can only add... For for no reason, uh, Yakuza, like a dragon on my console, is like 180 gigs or something. (laughs) It's just insane. So, because I, I have both versions, I have both versions of the DLCs downloaded, and I have my save. So it's it's just totally fucked on my console, and it's like, that well, shit. I just I lost a quarter of my hard drive space. That's fine. Yeah, I get rid of the PS5, just finish it on PS4. I mean, you're getting a performance update. That's a big thing, but well, it's it's bound now. I can't change it. Weird. I, I've I've also looked this up, and this is a common complaint. Oh wow. So, uh, the shit's, it's just, well, you could fun. just delete so I'm glad all of that. <laughs> that's true. You could just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting close to that point where I'm in like the back half of the game and I'm like, well, I've had my fun with it. I don't need to see the end of the story. It's cool. I like it, but you know, yeah. it's nothing crazy. Yeah. So I might be coming there and it's because of their fucking version control is all fucked up. So, you know, a little tip for the real pro gamers out there. And, uh, yeah, so I'm really glad that Final Fantasy is coming in thinking about this. Of course, they have the advantage of being first party, and they've already heard everybody's complaints. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, they, it's like, they've okay, heard all we the got it. This already. is a major fuck-up, so we can we can fix that. For sure. Um, it was very smart. So, very, I'm, I'm super excited for the remake. I'll be talking about it. I don't care if you haters don't like it. Me and Johnny will have that whole story beat locked down for sure. Good, good. I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> probably smart honestly um so a few other things that we haven't really talked about i was just kind of browsing through game industry um yeah uh one of the Dot things biz. that that uh johnny had brought up he brought up that uh yuji nako no longer working at square enix and just literally yeah, that's leaving been, uh, the industry fully confirmed yeah yep um so uh that that's he he decided to do that after uh, the release of Balen Wonder World, that game that Johnny mm-hmm. kept talking about. Um, he was, um, of course, a senior. He was a co-creator of Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, Damn. Yeah, he wrapped up uh, his tenure as senior manager at the company uh, as of April 30th. Yeah. So, pretty big. Um, that, That's a big move. Just, That's going to alter the... Uh... Audi alter the scope of the the company for sure i mean what a big guy to lose yeah um i would have simply made him head creative something what do you want (laughs) yeah yeah literally um (laughs) one of the other things i found interesting that i didn't bring up uh but i I read through it because i was like where did these guys come from ken and roberta williams uh founders Mm -hmm. of sierra online um they're making their first game together in over 20 years um, so I guess they're getting back to it. They're the guys that made the quest games, uh, space quest, yeah. police quest, King's quest, um, you know, librarian quest. Yeah. They retired. Probably. Uh, they, I think they started their, their journey in, uh, probably I think it was like the seventies. Um, mm. they retired, uh, yeah, they founded Sierra online in 1979 
built the company into a prolific producer, uh, and then both retired from gaming in the late 90s. Um, they had a wow. lot of things under their belt, including Leisure Suit Larry. <clears throat> yeah. That's a good one. That's interesting. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be cool to see what they come back with. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, how do you follow that up? Holy shit. Yeah, it's it's big. I, I'm looking up right now to see what they... Um, to see what... Um, they, I know they created... Uh, they called it Online Systems uh, or Sierra Entertainment is what it became. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was Online Systems until 1982, and then uh, it switched over to Sierra Online until about 2002 when it was uh, kaput. It was done. Game over. Yeah. We're done. Um, but yeah, they, they had a lot in their uh, in their repertoire. Of course, King's Quest probably being the biggest thing that they um, yeah. kept putting out, but they also put out that uh, Phantasmagoria. Mm, okay. Um, I know that was like a mid '90s, um, yeah, live action, point and click adventure horror game. Um, that one was pretty mm-hmm. much completely done by Roberta Williams. Um, wow. Yeah, it, 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 the the story, their story, just as people, is really cool because he was um, a he was a uh like programmer or of some sort for imb mm-hmm. um and he brought home uh basically a really early apple computer and she's like oh cool he found a game on it and it was a text-based game that he played through and mm-hmm. he was like hey i found this game on here you should play it with me she became fully obsessed nice and she's like you know what would be really cool if this had visuals Hell yeah, <laughs> and and that, that that's where that's where it all came you know that's where it came about. So it, it's kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah, I'm interested to see. Um, they, sure. they leased their first office space um, in the back half of a printing shop, in a really <laughs> small printing shop. And the photo that well, they that have, shows the focus on graphics. And they have the they have the the photo is just basically a. Uh, um, like the it looks like a like a shed at the back of a house that just has a bunch of yeah. garbage on the outside of it. Damn, it's just like where they made uh, uh, the first Witcher game. Yeah, yeah. And it was a similar level of graphics as well. There we go. Um, Got him. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, they teamed up with Al Lowe to create um, Chuck Chuck Benton's soft porn adventure in 1981. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! And then, bro, I'm downloading that right now. The only pure text adventure that the company has ever released—that was the only pure text adventure that the company ever released. Leisure Suit Larry and the Land of Lounge Lizards was a great hit. Hell yeah! Not lot lizards. I'm trying to hear about lot lizards, but I guess I can deal with lounge lizards for as long as it's a short duration. I can deal with it. I was reading through this. I got really excited. I was like, are we going to get a new Leisure Suit Larry game out of this? Are we going to get on. a new Lounge Lizard 6? Let's talk about this for a second. But uh, they have since... I'd do anything for a new Lounge Lizards game. Got rid of it. Um, Fuck! They, they, they got rid of it. Um, it looks like currently the developer... No, it's not that one. Uh, it says Sierra Entertainment, High Voltage Software, Team 17, Replay Games, mm. and Crazy Bunch. Publishers being, of course, 
um, Sierra Entertainment, and the most notable, the biggest of probably the Leisure Suit Larry publishers, Codemasters. Hmm. That's interesting. Yep. Uh, the latest release was Leisure Suit Larry's Wet Dreams Dry Twice, October 23rd, 2020. Hell <laughs> yes, dude. 2020? 2020. He's still out here this swinging. It's a game. I'm downloading this right now. May 18th, 2021. Fuck me. Hold on. That was its worldwide release on everything else. World premiere. PS4, Xbox One, Switch. It's on the Switch. Hold on. Bro. That is not real. You're not telling me I'm walking around playing uh, Wet Dreams at the Dry. Wet <laughs> <laughs> Dreams Dry twice. It's so Hell James yes. Bond. I love. I love it. Oh man! Finally, a good fucking game. Finally, I'm sick of talking about these fucking piece of shit cookie cutter games. We finally uh-huh. got one. All right, and I think that's where we'll wrap it up. I always like to wrap things up with Leisure Suit Larry. Somehow. Leisure Suit Larry hates to wrap it up, but I get he it. He never wraps it up. No, no, I haven't seen it. I pray we never do. All right, uh, if you guys get the chance, head over to Facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games and check out all the top news and video game stuff over there. We appreciate all the likes, comments, and shares as well on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. So you know we go live, do junk just like this. We appreciate all you guys for hanging out with us today. But for Mammoth Games Inc., I'm one of your hosts, Night Swarm. With me as I'm always, the other host, Filter Cord. Have a good one, guys.